Welcome to the Hills Baptist Podcast. We're so glad you're joining us as we see Jesus glorified, lives transformed, and hope revealed in the Adelaide Hills and beyond. We hope you enjoy this message. We're going to be looking at Acts chapter 10 this morning. It's a very long passage, so you're not going to have to suffer me doing the whole thing, but I will do two parts of it. And I don't think it's going to be up on the screen. So I will start at verse 9. The section's called Peter's Vision. About noon the following day, as they were on their journey and approaching the city, Peter went up on the roof to pray. He became hungry and wanted something to eat. And while the meal was being prepared, he fell into a trance. He saw heaven opened and something like a large sheet being let down to earth by its four corners. It contained all kinds of four-footed animals, as well as reptiles of the earth and birds of the air. Then a voice told him, get up, Peter, kill and eat. Surely not, Lord, Peter replied. I have never eaten anything impure or unclean. The voice spoke to him a second time. Do not call anything impure that God has made clean. This happened three times, and immediately the sheet was taken back to heaven. While Peter was wondering about the meaning of the vision, the men sent by Cornelius found out where Simon's house was, and stopped at the gate. They called out, asking if Simon, who was known as Peter, was staying there. While Peter was still thinking about the vision, the spirit said to him, Simon, three men are looking for you, so get up and go downstairs. Do not hesitate to go with them, for I have sent them. Peter went down and said to the men, I'm the one you're looking for. Why have you come? The men replied, We have come from Cornelius the centurion. He is a righteous and God-fearing man who is respected by all the Jewish people. A holy angel told him to have you come to his house so that he could hear what you have to say. Then Peter invited the men into the house to be his guests. Okay, we're skipping to verse 34 now to the end of the chapter. Then Peter began to speak. I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism, but accepts men from every nation who fear him and do what is right. You know the message God sent to the people of Israel, telling the good news of peace through Jesus Christ. Who is Lord of all? You know what has happened throughout Judea, beginning in Galilee, after the baptism that John preached. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power. And how he went around doing good 
and healing all who were under the power of the devil, because God was with him. We are witnesses of everything he did in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They killed him by hanging him on a tree, but God raised him from the dead on the third day and caused him to be seen. He was not seen by all the people, but by witnesses whom God had already chosen, by us who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. He commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one whom God appointed as judge of the living and the dead. All the prophets testify about him that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message. The circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on the Gentiles, for they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. Then Peter said, Can anyone keep these people from being baptized with water? They have received the Holy Spirit, just as we have. So he ordered that they be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Then they asked Peter to stay with them for a few days. Thus says the word of the Lord. I want to welcome up Sam. Sam, you can uh, get yourself sorted up here, wherever you kind of want to position everything. Um, yeah, Sam and I, we've known each other for oh, over a year now. Um, Sam uh, was, a, or is still, a youth leader. Um, and so uh, I met him through our youth um, and uh, a regular member of Verdun uh, uh, congregation as part of Hills Baptist. And, um, uh, <laughs> and yeah, one of the lay preachers there, um, like Sarah was last week. Um, and so I'm really excited um, to hear Sam. Let's, uh, let's welcome Sam. It's good to, good to have him along. Oh, good. Um, tell, us, tell us about yourself, Sam. Uh, maybe... What's your, what's your family? What's my family? Yeah, what's um, your family? I have uh, three kids, uh, 16, 14 and 8, and a beautiful wife. We live in uh, the Adelaide Hills probably for the past five years. Uh, Lebanese background. Um, so, yeah, my dad was a Muslim and my mum was a Christian. Yeah, mm. awesome. Um, and what do you do with your days? Because there's a couple of things to you. Yeah, so um, I, I, I speak in schools. Around well-being, that's my business, and I just started doing some real estate. But I feel like the Lord is telling me to give that up. I know it's a crazy thing, man. But anyway, so <laughs> yeah, twelve months in it, and now I feel like the Lord's like, okay, that was for a season. We got the boss and her uh, her brother say, well, they were Catholics before. <laughs> <laughs> but but funny enough, like Cornelius, they were God. And in the word daily. So they weren't just the Sunday Catholics, you know what I mean? And both of them got baptized uh, January this year. So That's awesome. the Lord was like, maybe it wasn't even about the real estate, <laughs> you know? So, yeah. yeah. And what are, what are you, some, some of your other interests? I know we play basketball together. We play together. basketball together. Hopefully, I preach better than I played yesterday. <laughs> same. They really same. shut me down, those guys. Um, uh, yeah, I like playing basketball. Uh, I like training, getting fit, healthy. Um, and 
Long walks on the beach, uh, romantic dinners, you know. <laughs> no, it's awesome. Yeah. No, it's great. Well, let me pray for you, Sam. Thanks, man. Um, Lord, we thank you so much for your servant, Sam, yes, and what you've Lord. done in yes, his past. But Lord, we bring him before you now, presently. May your Holy Spirit, may you, Holy Spirit, flow through him. May we have ears to hear. And may what you've prepared in Sam mm. be your word. Mm-hmm. In your name we pray. Amen. 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 Thanks. Thanks. How are you, church? You good? Oh, that's so good. Thanks for having me. Uh, Pastor Dave gives me plenty of time to prepare. He told me last uh, Monday. So, uh, <laughs> you know, it's, it's not actually his fault. He's given me months. Um, I'll put a timer on because I do like to talk, okay? It's, uh, another time he gave me two months to, to do a sermon. He said, oh, you know, and I said, oh, yeah, plenty of time. And uh, about a week before, I was like, I've got to prepare the sermon. So I think he knows now. And so he just gives me a week. But well, the funny thing is, is what I know the Lord does is I'll prepare. And then the night before, yep. And so I, don't, I haven't not prepared just in case he gives me nothing the night before. So do you know what I mean? Because that would be really awkward. I'd be up here. He didn't give me anything. So he did that last night, by the way. So I was up early this morning, I think 3.45. Yeah, so comfortable. Thank you, Lord. Uh, <laughs> Because I thought living a Christian life was going to be comfortable, didn't you? Um, while we were just praising and worship, fantastic, by the way, uh, the Lord gave me a word, and um, I actually didn't title this. Uh, normally, I give you a title, note takers. I didn't even come and give them a, you know, and it, it's, he just dropped it on me. He said, the way we've done things is not the way we'll always do things. I feel like that's a word for you today, church, as well as for individuals in this room, as well as for this message, because you're going to see from Cornelius and from Peter, this is essentially the birth of the church, right? Because up until this moment, it was only the Jews. Cornelius is not a Jew, but he's a God-fearing man. A God-fearing man. And so a bit of a background. I I do like to bring my testimony into everything I preach because I love it because God is good. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Amen. That's right. Why you were so quiet the first time? All right. Sorry, church. I'm an interactive preacher. Uh, I'm going to pick on you as much as I can with love. Okay. All right. Um, So I I was going to call this like God wants us to play. P-L-A-Y, pray, listen, act, yield. Yes, yeah, good one, isn't it? You like that one? Yeah. Well, why aren't you taking notes then? Uh, oh, it's up here, you reckon? Oh, okay. All right, I'll test you later then. All right. <laughs> so it's really important, the praying but how often do we listen? Oh, yes, Lord, thank you for, yep, boom. Sitting and listening. What I noticed, um, the, the, the uh, sermon I did previous to this uh, was Acts chapter 3. And what you know is that they're going, Peter and John are going to the temple to pray. Right? Do you know how many times Jews pray today? Three times. Morning, afternoon, 
evening. I was a Muslim, and I was what I call a no-pork Muslim. So I drank, I smoked, I did drugs, but I didn't eat pork. (laughs) And Ramadan, the holy month of Ramadan would come, and we'd stop everything, and we'd pray five times a day, and be good Muslims, boom, boom, for one month. And then the... (laughs) The day after, we'd go back to, yeah, but we wouldn't touch pork. And that made us good Muslims. So when I was radically saved, and funny enough, a week ago, I wasn't saved a week ago. (laughs) But a week ago, seven years ago, I was saved. I know, it's crazy. I know, it's crazy. Okay? And I was radically saved, but I was a man after God. Like, I knew God was real. Okay, and I was trying to be a good Muslim, and I was trying to get off drugs, and I was trying to do these things. And my wife was a Christian, and uh, she, we had gone to man so many times, and now this time she took it to God, and she said, God, I haven't brought him to you. Jesus, help me. And Jesus dropped something on her heart to Google, uh, ex-gangster turned Christian, because that's what God told her I needed. So she Googled it and she found a man by the name of Tony Hong in Sydney who was an ex-gangster turned pastor, not just Christian. And he was running a program that was getting people off the drugs. And so when I got home, she said, you're going to Sydney and you're going to see how, I love how what God does, right? The way he just, you know, and throughout this, you're going to see Peter gets this thing from God and then has to act on it. My wife got it told me, now I have to act on it. So I flew to Sydney to spend time with this preacher. Long story short, I sat right there because I thought that's where the guest should sit. I had no idea. And every church I go to, the front row is usually only the worship team and then the other front row is empty, right? And now I know why because when he started praying, I bowed my head and a guy came up to me, put his hand on my shoulder. He said, hey, oh, no, they said, who here likes to be helped? I thought, oh, that must be for me. So I raised my hand, politely. The guy come and put his hand on my shoulder. He said, come to the front. I said, what for? He said, we would like to help you. I said, can't you help me right here, bro? So I came to the front, and up the front, there was three other people very like me, but you couldn't tell on me, okay? They were, you could tell they were on drugs. You couldn't tell on me. I held it very well. I did think so, yes, yes. And uh, I presented it well. Let's say that. I didn't hold it well at all. But, and he prayed in tongues the first time I've ever heard the prayer in tongues. And I've got a Baptist father-in-law who would say, oh, no, 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 no tongues. So I get it. <laughs> but it's in here, people. I'm just saying. I just want to tell you it's here. And I heard it. And it just uh, now I know it was the Holy Spirit that came over me. I now know. And he laid his hand on my shoulder and he said, Sam, Jesus forgives you. And I bowled my eyes out crying. And I'd love to tell you in that moment I gave my life to the Lord, but I didn't. Because just like Peter, I needed it more than once. Following came three more signs. Literally, Jesus on a building. No joke, not him, but the word. (laughs) That would have been crazy. Then I was doing a talk and I, something drew me to the corner and it was a little card. I don't know why I was drawn to it and I picked it up and it was Jesus. And I was like, put it in my pocket, 
still didn't come to the Lord. Then in a bookshop called the Kurong, I walked in to get my daughter a book. They were both at a Christian school at the time because I wanted the values and the morals, right? Don't get me wrong, you know. The Muslims love Jesus. They just don't believe he's the son of God, but they hold him as the highest prophets, okay? Um, and I walked in this bookshop, and then there was this book of the week on display, Seeking Allah, Finding Jesus. <laughs> I was like, okay, you got me. So I bought it. Since then, uh, the, the preacher rang me. He said, what are you doing? I said, I've just finished this book. He said, great. I'm coming to Adelaide to plant a church this Friday, the 10th of June. I'll be there. And that night I gave my life to the Lord. And that night he took all the pain, all the addiction, everything from me. He took it all. And that's why I'm up here. I never thought I'd be preaching to the church, I will tell you. I thought I was going to be preaching to the lost. But who reaches the lost? The church. So I'm here to wake you up and shake you up, church. Just in case you thought you were coming here for a comfort thing. Nothing about this is going to be comfortable. Okay? But we're going to see that here. So he prayed, he heard, he listened, he acted, he yielded. He stepped out in faith. There has to be an element of fear to step out in faith. He risked sitting with those he wasn't meant to by the old law, the Gentile. Even though he saw Jesus already, you know what I mean? Like it confused me. I'm like, Peter, but you walked with him for three years. You saw who he was healing. You saw who he was speaking into. Like you saw the people he was with and you're still surprised that that's who he was calling you to, it always blows my mind. But it's so easy to read their book and then judge them. Because how many of us in our life, God has done amazing things for and with, and yet we're not stepping out of our fear or through our fear. You're in Mount Barker, right? How many of us have gone out and spoken to somebody who doesn't know Jesus about Jesus? You don't have to raise your hands, right? It's not a competition, but, (laughs) right? And that's what he's calling us to do. And so Peter literally begins this so that 2,000 years later, we can go, that's what we got to do. Um, When I first came to Christianity, Muslims pray five times a day. So I prayed seven times a day. You know what I mean? Because I'm like the truth, right? Why would I not do it more? And it wasn't like a religious thing. It was like I wanted to be in his presence. I wanted to be in his presence, right? And this is what you see. Peter, what you don't, some people miss it. He went up to the flat roof to pray at what time? Noon. Not when they pray. They pray in the morning. They pray after noon, around 3 p.m. And then they pray in the evening. So he went at a time that, they weren't meant to as such. Do you understand? So, and then what does the Lord do? He then puts him in like a trance. So I don't know if you've ever been worshiping and just gone into that place. I don't know if you've ever been on your knees and just an hour has passed and you're like, what the heck? That's where Peter is. So please don't, not that God can't do crazy things without us. He can. But if we're expecting like this, then understand we have to be doing like what they're doing, right? He is in there at noon when he's hungry. How many are, oh, I'm too hungry to pray. I'm going to go grab a snack first, right? 
Come on, we've all been guilty of it. Uh, that's why we literally f- fast and pray. So things are happening. The church has had an incredibly been effective and successful. The Lord is accompanying the apostles' proclamation of the gospel with miraculous signs. Acts chapter 3, Peter healed the lame man, got him up and walked. So there's been some crazy things, right? Paul, Saul, okay? Crazy things have happened. And now they're preparing that soil. They're preparing them for what's about to happen now. They're building the foundation. God is building the foundation. He sends an angel to Cornelius, who's a man, righteous man, after the heart of God. And this story sets the stage in order to show God's plan for salvation available to the Gentiles as well. So he's ultimately preparing his church here. Anyone can come to faith in Jesus. So the gift of salvation can be given to all, not just the Jew. We are that all. This is one of the most important verses for us today as believers. Had Cornelius not played with God... He would not have sent for Peter. Had Peter not played with God, he would have not have known to go with Cornelius and begun the church for the Gentiles. It's crazy. That picture, guess what? God had to give it to him how many times? Three times. How many times did Peter deny Jesus? Three times. Right? How many people gathered together? Two or three gather together and I'll be there, right? It's, it's a powerful number. It's a powerful picture that we get. The Lord was going to expand the early church and ultimately the entire body of Christ for years to come. The kindness of God in this passage and the next shows the undeniable truth that is God's plan. The God of the Old Testament and the New Testament is the same. He does not change. But he gets us to change the way we do things. The Jews were his chosen people. And Abraham and his offspring were chosen by God to proclaim God to the nations. So he built the foundation and then he said them to go out. What is his his, um, uh, assignment to us, for us? Like love God with all your heart, love your neighbors, and go out and preach the gospel. Go out and make disciples of all nations. We aren't even making disciples of Mount Barker. Are we? Trying to. Well, I hope so. Most of you were quiet then. How does he know? Okay. Right? Think about it. He showed Peter a vision. Peter was very perplexed. What could this vision mean? So as he's thinking about it, what could this vision mean? That was crazy. The men were sent to him. See what God does? And then he goes, oh, oh my gosh. The food that has been unclean is representation of the people that we've seen as unclean. So if I can eat that, that means I must sit with them. Right? He's questioning it too. The Holy Spirit said to him, three men have come looking for you. Go with them without hesitation. How many times did God tell us something and we go, oh. Right? This happens. I was just preaching at a teen challenge on Friday night. If you don't know teen challenge, 
No offense to any church in the world. Really, no offense. But I'll tell you right now, it is the best church I've ever been to. Broken men seeking God's heart. Nothing to lose because they've lost it all. Not trying to pretend there's something they're not. Not trying to show, oh, we've got it all together because unfortunately the church has done it a bit wrong for too long. People go, people say to me when I'm preaching to them in the street, like, oh, you go, oh, no, if I come to church, it'll blow up in flames. You know that stuff? You're like, really, mate? You're not that bad. All right? I mean, I was way worse than you, buddy. Come on. And if soul was way worse than all of us, let's be real. Right? And yet, yeah. And look at the word he preached. You see, so God uses that. And so I'm preaching to them and I'm feeling the Holy Spirit and God gives me words for people. And sometimes when God gives you words or, you know, visions or whatever, you don't want to share it because you think, oh, no, for whatever reason. Maybe like, oh, I don't want to seem like I'm better than anybody. Why should I? Or maybe it's wrong. Do I fear man? Right? And I had that as I was praying for guys. And I said, ah. And guess what? God gave me this similar word for these three guys that I prayed for in a row. So obviously after the first one, I didn't want to say it to the second one as well because I felt like, am I just copying what I said for the first one? This is literally the thoughts. And I say it to that guy. And then I go to the third guy and the Lord says it again. I thought, ah, three in a row. But I say it to that guy. And guess what? Each one it was for. And they said, how did you know? I said, it's not me. I swear it's not me. It was him. So our heart, the posture, has to be like Peter's and Cornelius's. This is what God is showing us. We have to show people, hey, we're broken. That's why we come here. And then we get filled here. And then we have to go out and pour it into others. Because, you know, a body of water that only gets poured into, do you know what happens? It, it, well, it gets gross, actually. Yes. Well, it has to pour out of. Because if it's only being poured into, it gets stagnant. So the pouring in has to then be poured out. It has to flow. Same as us. You know how good it feels to be prayed for? You know what feels even better? Praying for. So I, I set this challenge to Lobethal a month and a half ago. I haven't been back, but uh, <laughs> I said, if you haven't spoken to people about Jesus, or if you haven't prayed for somebody, I told them five people, but let's just say one. Okay, let's just be gentle on you, Mount Barker. It's the first time I've been here. Uh, then don't come back next Sunday. I know. See, you see that feeling? See, Julie, right? Did you see that feeling? Julie was oh, whoa. Easy, Sam. But think about what I'm telling you. I'm not being mean, am I? Why come back next Sunday then to be filled again? We're like overweight Christians. Aren't we? Oh, more, God. Give me more. He's like, what are you doing? You know, we pour out, we empty, we come back full. Do you get what I'm saying? I'm not, it's not a competition. I'm not telling you like, oh, you're not right. Like, that's not what I'm saying. Because if he had not done it, we wouldn't be here. And he shows us time and time again. Salvation truly is the greatest gift. Yes? Do you believe that? 
No, no, no. Do you believe that? Actual? Then what about everyone that doesn't have it? Right? So stop fearing man. Fear God. And if you truly love your neighbor, you'll be telling your neighbor. Right? What was your name? I'm Lorraine. Lorraine. Lorraine came to me in the morning. She has a neighbor who are cultural Muslims. And she came to me and said, hey, I want to do this. I want to do that. I need to speak to you. Give me your number. You know what I'm saying? And that's not just an Aussie family. That's a whole other culture with a whole other religion. That's who we need to reach. These are lost. They're misguided. And if you believe in the word, then you know they're not going to go to heaven. We don't even wish that on our enemies, really. God says, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. Right? A life of godliness brings such peace and joy. Cornelius was successful by the world's standards, yet his life of righteousness was known. When I looked into this stuff and I was like, how's this Roman soldier God-fearing? Was it a Roman God? No. It was actually the, the Jewish God. And a lot of these Roman soldiers of this high stature could get away with this type of worship and even keeping the Sabbath on a Saturday, keeping the Sabbath without too much attention. But, but they weren't considered clean because they were uncircumcised. But then God is doing something in Peter going, hang on a second. This is not what I'm saying to you. I'm saying anyone who submits all their ways to me, I will direct their steps. These are the only steps worth taking. Pray, listen, act, yield. God's plan never fails. It's such a blessing that we get to look at this as an aerial view of the Bible of their life. You know, it's like when you get hindsight of your own life, like sometimes when you pray, you know, um, like, uh, for example, when I, when I was saved and I was really keen to get baptized, Okay, I'm like, yep, I need to get baptized, I need to get baptized. And the, the church I was at, they're like, oh, yeah, you've got to come and do this course. Uh, yeah, four-week course, which is great. I love that church, you know. They got my heart as well, you know. No worries. I was like, no worries. I'll do this course. And my other guy was saying, nah, man, like, look at the eunuch, bro. He just jumped out, got baptized in the puddle. Like, you know, I was like, yeah, baptize me in the puddle, man. You know, don't worry about that. Anyway, then I got cold feet the Sunday before. So the Sunday before I was about to get baptized, because I told some of my friends, my family, I didn't tell, like, you know, everybody. Uh, and I was, I was like, oh, no, Lord, okay, Lord, I need a sign by Wednesday. Um, to, to get, I swear. I need a sign by this Wednesday uh, to get baptized. Otherwise, I'm pulling the pin. Like, I, I can't. Maybe I actually thought maybe he saved me to then bring me back to be a good Muslim. Yeah. I went there. Wednesday came and went, guess what? No sign. Damn it. Friday night after work. Now, on Friday, I just happened to drive my car to work, which normally I was just bussing it because it's just easier. But on this Friday, I drove. And you're from the hills, so I used to live down in uh, Athelston. Uh, there's a road called Paynham Road, and there's a road called OG Road. And OG, you know what? Right, so you know the slip lane, the old slip lane. It was about 40 meters that nobody knows how to use. You know that one? Yeah, some of you laugh, but I bet you some of you don't know how to use it either. Okay, no judgment. All right. And so what happens is people will get stuck, and I know it's 5.30 traffic. I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. Here's, uh. So I backed off, and I flashed, and somebody 
got out like, yeah, thanks. Two things caught my attention. Number one, Tasmania number plates. You know, we got jokes about Tasmania. Yes, yes. So all these jokes, ah, Tasmania. Number two, it was a Holden Chimera. When I tell this, young audiences go, I think he means Commodore. Uh, I think he's pronouncing it wrong. No, because they had never seen one. So it had been that long since I'd seen one. My best mate had one in high school. I was like, Chimera, oh. And the third thing that, again, three things, crazy, I just thought of that, was a sticker on the back window of this car. Mark 16, 16. For he who believes and is baptized shall be saved. And I'm not talking a sticker, ladies and gentlemen. I'm talking a sticker. The whole back window. So I start chasing this guy, right, to try and get him to pull over. And I don't know why he wouldn't pull over. I was smiling as big as I could too, like, hey, mate, pull over. He was like, what the heck? Anyway, so if you're out there, mate, thank you, brother. I appreciate that. Now he, funny enough, funny enough, he would have prayed, listened, acted, yielded. The Lord would have told him, put this sticker on the back window. How many of us would have gone, oh, uh, maybe this big? Right? This is just coming. Thank you, Lord. Right? Think about this. Maybe this big. Some of us wouldn't have even put the sticker on the car. Oh, no, what if somebody smashes the window? Really, think about it. Fear of man. Yet this guy goes and puts the whole window and saves me. And so now I feel cold. I'm going to tell everybody. I don't actually care. Now I'm being bold enough, like Cornelius, like Peter, to go out into the Muslim brothers and sisters and speak to them. But what you're going to know is you have to learn your word. Do, look, I always say, you know, you can't just go to the gym on Sunday and expect to get massive. You don't go to the gym once a week and expect to get strong, yes? So why do we expect to come to the gym of Jesus and expect to get spiritually massive? It won't happen. It has to be daily. And what I've really liked and learned from preaching, because I've only preached uh, over the past two years, focusing on a verse... And my pastor told me, Sam, you'll find the most gold at the seat of a preacher's desk or at the floor under a preacher's desk because you focus on one verse and you just listen to it and listen to it and read it and read it and read it. And God gives you so much and you go and beauty of now, 2023, you can look up all these commentaries and all these great theologians and you go, wow, and you unpack and you go, I can't squash this all in. They only wanted me to talk for 30 minutes. I would love, oh, great, I didn't even turn the timer on. Uh, <laughs> we'll start now, 30 minutes, all right, yeah, woo, oh, I love that, thank you, Lord, okay? So think about that, right? And here he is, okay? So God's plan never fails. We get to look at it and learn from it. In their moment, they would have been stepping out in so much faith and fear. Like, what, am I really going to do this? Am I really going to this guy's house? Like, what are people going to say? What are the Jews going to say? What a crazy. God is bringing everything together perfectly. He gave him a vision of all kinds of clean and unclean animals coming down from heaven. The God 
the law of God is given to the Jews, they outlawed the people from eating these certain foods, like no pork, right? That's, they don't eat pork either, and they don't eat uh, shellfish, right? So there's things they don't eat, and a whole lot of stuff. This is why Peter refused to eat them. When P- Peter refused, as he thought he should, the voice from heaven spoke again, what God has made clean, do not call common. The vision occurred three more times. Man, I could tell you so much. Like, just, I'm just going to try and, you know, ah, it's, it's crazy. When I was praying about heaven and hell, because I was saved two years in, strong Christian, like, yeah, I, I stopped listening to rap music. I used to love rap music, okay? All I would listen to on my exercise was the King James Bible of the Version app, and he would just be saying, you know, like, the next day as Cornelius's man. That's who I listened to for two years. And one day I rode up to Mount Lofty and I got to the top. I was like, I took my earphone out. I was like, what the heck am I listening to? I laughed at myself. Like, who are you, bro? My brother comes over for Christmas and he is praising, oh, praise. My brother looks at me like, what are you listening to? Do you know what I mean? So when the Holy Spirit, right? So I prayed that morning about heaven and hell. Oh, is it real, God? Is it on earth? Like, is it really? I kid you not. And I went to ride my bike to meet a pastor who I have breakfast with. And as I'm going to ride my bike out the driveway, I hear the Lord, one of the only few times, maybe two or three, that I've heard the Lord catch the bus. To the point where I went, what? Out loud. That's how I knew it wasn't me. I was like, what? Catch the bus. Okay. Put my bike back, caught the bus. Didn't think anything of it. Eat the breakfast, finish the breakfast, go to walk across the road to my bus stop. I'm at the Nord Parade. And I hear the voice again, clear as day, walk. I didn't need a question at this time. Right? I was like, no worries. So I walked. Walked, walked, walked about 200 meters. I sat at the bus stop. I didn't even know if that bus stop was my bus stop. I have no idea. But I sat there. When I tell you 10 seconds later, I'm telling you 10 seconds later, a man with crutches crawled over. Young man like me, brown brother like me, sat next to me. I said, hey, man, how you going? He said, oh, I'm all right. I said, oh, so what's happened? Because they're permanent crutches, not temporary, right? I got hit and run by a car when he was 12 years old. I didn't know this at the time, but he was left to die. He died. But he told me the story later, but I'll tell you the fast forward. He died. He got hit and run. They legged it. And I said, oh, I'm sorry to hear that, bro. He said, that's all right, brother, because it's real. Yeah, I was like, what did he just say? So I sort of waited. I thought, I'll process it. And then I sort of went, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, brother, what did you say? He said, God showed me heaven and it's real. I said, get the heck out of here. Who are you, man? I was like, what the heck? So I sat next to him and then his mum came and we sat, we talked and the bus got on the bus. It was the right bus stop, right? <laughs> and for the next half an hour, we talked about what God showed him and I was just like, dude, okay? And this is what I'm seeing. So this is Cornelius praying. Peter's praying, answered prayers. But he has to step out in faith. 
If I never listened, I would have rode my bike. Never would have seen the guy. If I didn't listen to walk, I would have gotten on the wrong bus stop, sat at the back of the bus where the cool kids sit, you know what I mean? This, put, this kid would have sat at the front. I never would have spoke a word to him. If my wife didn't listen and find this guy, and, do you understand what I'm saying? I had to listen to, to my wife and then go there as well. So that listening is a big part. Not just praying. Praying is speaking. Not just speaking, it's listening. And then obeying. Obedience is key. And sometimes it's not the way we think. Peter would have been thinking that. So Peter's brought to Cornelius' house, filled with Cornelius' friends and relatives. Now Peter's like, oh my gosh, what am I doing? I guarantee you he would have been questioning it. What am I doing here? Am I meant to be here? Right? I did. He says the room is filled with Gentiles and it's unlawful for him. And he tells them, a Jew to be visiting a Gentile. But he continues by saying, but God has shown me that I should not call any person common or unclean. We are all God's creation. He wants this for all of us. And Peter is the first of many that God will change for the better. God is making what is unclean, clean. Jews and Gentiles alike by the work of his son at Calvary. We read in Hebrews 12, 24, the mediator of a new covenant is Jesus. He is the only and forever high priest of the order of Melchizedek from Genesis 14 to Hebrews 7. In Romans 7, Paul writes how the law should showed him that he was a sinner. So he says the law shows us that we're sinners. The law reveals that sin is separating us from God and the consequences of our sin. And Jesus has brought us back into relationship with God. So the passage shows us how God is uniting his church under this new covenant and he's doing it again here. Peter's so wonderful to learn from. Peter is the rock. Yes, he named him Peter, Simon Peter. Peter's the rock, right? Why is he the rock? Who else stepped out of that boat? Peter, man, Peter. And then whilst he was out, went, oh, focused on the waves. Oh, the storm. Great example for us. And even sometimes when we've stepped out, we can still fall. But he'll still catch us. He's after the heart. Peter's submitting what he knew to the Lord. He's having his Jewish thought process changed. Our Baptist thought process changed. Our Catholic thought, you fill in the gaps. The process is changing to be more like his son. So if we're not obedient, if not, we're not willing to lay out our plans in front of the Lord just in case He wants to change things that we want to keep, then we're not being obedient and He won't be able to do the work that He's done. Peter trusts the ways of the Lord. He is intimate with the Lord. He knows the voice and the ways of the Lord. How? Because he spends time with the Lord. The world is trying to tell us, you know what the world's trying to tell us. But the world doesn't spend time with God. How could they possibly know who he is? I wear a jumper today if you can't read it. It says, I don't follow your way. I follow Yahweh. Oh, you like that one? Yeah. We'll get you some jumpers made. Hills Baptist, Mount Barker. Okay. And then we'll all wear it. Romans 12.2 is on the back. 
Do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so we can test God's good will, his perfect and pleasing will. How do you test it? You have to step out. How do you test the water? You have to step in. You can't test the water from the outside. Oh, yeah, I think it's cold. (laughs) It doesn't work. Three times he had to show Peter the vision. Three times he denied Jesus. Three times per day they uh, prayed. The Holy Spirit showed up for me three times before I accepted him. We can be stubborn, but he is even more stubborn than us. He knows our heart. If we seek, we shall find. If we knock, the door will be open. Do not stop seeking. Do not stop knocking. Be bold and share the gospel. Jesus' sacrifice needed no attention, addition. It doesn't need any addition. We don't need to add to it. His work was perfect. And he said, it is finished. It is completed. It is done. We need to share Jesus with everyone. God has spoken, so we need to obey. When uh, Peter in Acts chapter 3 That was the first miracle that they performed. They were going to the temple. They saw a beggar. They didn't have money, so they could have gone, sorry. How many times? I mean, you don't really get beggars in Mount Barker. I haven't really seen any. Have you been down to the city? There's plenty. When was the last time? Well, you don't have to say it in hand, but just in your head and heart. The last time you gave them money. The last time you stopped and spoke to them. Or even better, the last time you prayed for them. Three years ago, I'm in the city. I'm grabbing a coffee. I sat in the car. I looked up. I seen a guy walking around, picking up cigarette butts off the ground to make a cigarette. You know what I mean? That's what you do. Like, you you don't have the money to buy cigarettes. And the Lord just said, go. I was like, really? It looks a bit weird, man. (laughs) We're all weird. That's right. We are all weird. This guy looks really weird, okay? He was mumbling out loud. People were avoiding him. He was picking us around, and I just went, okay. Went up to him. Hey, brother, you all right, man? How you going? He was like, oh, and I tried to keep a normal face, like, oh, uh, yeah. I have no idea what he's saying. I pulled the 20 out of my pocket. I said, hey, brother, stop picking them up off the ground. Go and buy yourself a pack of cigarettes. Now, most people go, you gave him money to buy cigarettes? That's why I don't give him money, because he's going to spend it on cigarettes and booze. I know people with homes that spend money on cigarettes and booze. Who am I, bro? I bet if you're picking them up off the ground here, the way he looked at me, like I'm telling him to go, and he was like, huh? Yeah. Oh, I was like, yeah, bro, don't pick him up off the ground. Go. And then I said, do you mind if I pray for you? And he said, oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. So I laid him out. This is 9 o'clock in the morning. People are walking everywhere. It's a busy street, Curry Street, man. Okay? Lay my hands on this guy. I can feel people walking around me, judging me weird. Like, I can feel it. And as I start praying, the sun pops its head over this building and just, smashes us. I was like, oh, yes. 
As I'm in that place, you know that place, right? And I was like, yes, Lord, boom, 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 boom. Thank you, Lord. I said, amen. He said, oh, amen. Thank you, man. Like, clear as day. It was Irish, but still clear. <laughs> and I, that's right. I love the Irish, right? Lebanese, we love the Irish. Don't worry, okay? And he starts telling me about his family. They're doing weird stuff. Very wealthy, but he had to leave. And he's escaped it and come to Australia, lost his passport, lost everything, can't get ID, can't. So he's on the street. He said, bro, two years I've been here. No one, not one, has sat and spoken to me, man. Come on, man. It's not me, Tim. I'm just being obedient. And sometimes I'm not. Sometimes I leave and I go, ah, should have said something to that guy. Right? We don't want to leave the world like that. We don't want to get to the Lord and go, oh, I should have, you know what I mean? Not see them there. Or, oh, damn it. Like, that would suck. I'd much rather go, you know, I've never said, can I pray for you? And someone said, no. Not once yet. I'm sure it'll come. I'm sure it'll come. I'll welcome it. That's cool. I'm going to pray for you anyway, just over here. You know what I mean? <laughs> I don't actually need your permission, but, you know, I thought I'd ask just to be polite. Verses 34 and 35, a beautiful proclamation from Peter of the work that God has done in his heart. See how often we do things, we think it's for other people. It's actually for us. What God does in us as we wait is far more important than what we're waiting for. And that what's he's done in Peter. Now you've got to understand, Peter then goes and influences all the other apostles. He's the rock. Like People come to Peter. And he's like, oi, this is what happened. This is what we need to do. This is what I did. They're like, what? Yes, this is what we got to do. So that's what they start to do. In his submission, Peter was reminded of the limitless love of God. He was able to see the faces of these Gentile men and women who were once starving for what Peter had, now are full of what Peter has in Jesus. Think about that moment. So you have the Pentecost for the church. This is the Pentecost for the Gentile because the Holy Spirit comes upon him. He was given this once-in-a-lifetime moment from God to see firsthand that our God has never been nor will ever be partial. His purpose of showing the world that He alone is God and there's no other God beside Him. God instructed us to live in a way that would separate, well, them from the pagan nations. Why? So that people could see and go, hey, I want what that person has. And not in a coveting sort of way, in a like, wow, like I'm inspired. Why are you different? I remember when I first came to the Lord, six months, I didn't go and hang out with my mates. I had weddings. I had engagements. I had birthdays. Did not go. Why not? Because I knew what was going to be there. Drugs and alcohol. I couldn't tempt myself then. And they were asking, Sammy, why are you not coming? Nah, brother, I can't, right? Six months later, I'm now bold enough Strong enough in the Lord, I start going. And they go, hey, drink. I said, no, nah, bro, don't drink. They're like, Sammy G doesn't drink. What do you mean? That's like, it just was synonymous, right? Partying, drugs, alcohol with me. Like, what do you mean? I said, no, nah, bro, the Lord. And they're like, what? People start to question now. How? Hey, bro, how did you? I said, it wasn't me. It was the Lord. Yeah, I know. But like, how did you? You know what I mean? Like, it wasn't me. It was the Lord. I, I'm, I'm, I'm a posture of obedience. Okay, okay, Lord, take it from me. 
like broken, take it from me. And now they start. Now I've got brothers hitting me up all the time. Hey, bro, can I catch up? Hey, bro, can we pray? Hey, is there a church? People that it will blow your mind if you see. The brothers that I took to, to Lobethal, people like, you know, uh, I said to the welcome people at the front, you know, oh, two of my friends are coming. I make sure that you, they said, oh, how will we know they're your friends? <laughs> Hand on my heart, not even lying. I said, oh, you know. <laughs> Big Samoan rocks in and this other Fijian dude tats everywhere. And they're like, you must be Sam's friends. <laughs> right? And sitting and preaching and they're in the front row like that. And I'm going, what the heck, Lord? How are us three sitting in a church with the love of Jesus, confessing and bringing brothers to him? Never before have I seen right now, what I've seen right now, men from 20 to 45, 50 years old coming to the Lord that you would never have thought. He's coming and he's working on men's hearts in particular. 97% of families will come to Jesus when the father comes to Jesus. 13% when just the mother comes. And women, you have a great influence. So influence the fathers, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Flirt to convert, as one would say. It worked for me. Um, where are we? How are we going for time? Okay. We're right. We can go for hours. I love you, brother. I do. The only qualifiers for salvation are set by God. Romans 10.9 says, Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. We're called to repent, confess, believe, and proclaim. It's all good to do the first three. The last one, that's what the first three are for. You know what I mean? The church is doing the first three. No worries. Sometimes, sometimes not very well. Repenting, confessing, believing. But the last one we need to do better. The problem is in the old church, used to proclaim uh, sin, Hell, sin, hell, sin, hell. The new church, I'm starting to see, love is love, is love, is love. Are we going there, Lord? Let me just concur. Love is God. God is love. Love is truth, not lies. Lying to someone to make them feel good, that ain't love. Okay? And the truth hurts. So the truth should hurt even more. But it hurts with love. Share the gospel unapologetically with anyone who will listen. Once you do, you can watch as the Holy Spirit works in ways only He can. We just plant the seeds. Let him reap the harvest. Let him rain and pour on that soil. We just got to sow like a farmer. You know, you know well, we're just going to chuck it out there, see what lands. <laughs> in both the life of the hearer and in the life of yourself as well, because the gospel is for all. In most places today, we don't see a separation between Jews and Gentiles. But if you take a minute, you can probably think of certain people you'd rather not associate with. 
Oh, yeah, but they're going to be a bit tough. Oh, we believe in diversity. It's a beautiful slogan. Slogans are easy to get behind, especially at arm's length or a bumper sticker, right? Or sitting next to you at church. What does diversity mean or when it moves into your neighborhood or moves into your church or marries your son or daughter? Peter's vision addresses the major issue of diversity in the first century and shows us how to deal with those situations. It doesn't involve feeling guilty, but it shows us that God transcends our own little circles. Communicate that Jesus is the true unifier. Communicate that Christ and our allegiance to him runs so much deeper than superficial things. If we truly believe that the gospel is for all, we want to pursue relationships that at times might make some people around us question the company we keep. Because if you're only hanging with you guys, yourselves, how are you reaching the, the lost? Yes, iron sharpens iron. That's what fellowship is for. Sundays, 100% and a midweek fellowship group. Then you have to go out. Then you come back and go, hey, I did this, I did this. This is what Peter would have done. Would have come back and met and said, oh, Cornelius, his family, his friends, they're like, what? Yeah, I went into their house and we prayed and we baptized them. Do you understand what I'm telling you? This was the Gentile Pentecost, bringing Jews and Gentiles together in a family of God. Do, I, do you want me to say, I normally say eagles fly west in the winter. That means band, you can come up. I was thinking they're sitting there, like they're probably waiting for my prompting. East, that's probably east, yeah. Oh. Nah, north's that way. Yeah, yeah, the sun, you know. Yeah. Yeah. See that? He was fly west. You see what I'm saying? Oh. We're bringing together into the family of God. The Holy Spirit moves in only ways He can. The Gentiles are speaking in tongues after receiving the Holy Spirit. Just like when the disciples received the Holy Spirit for the first time, they spoke in other languages. This must have been a clear sign for Peter that the Lord's handiwork is here because he would have been there going, my gosh, this is the same. I'm seeing this here and I saw this there. This must be the Lord's work. His command to Noah was to be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. Crazy side note. Uh, a guy has just done a calculation. Okay. I was going to wear my other t-shirt. It says Noah was a conspiracy theorist. <laughs> then it rained. <laughs> yes. You think about this. He was telling people for 100 years. Oh, yeah, all right, Noah. How faithful, man. Now, the guy did a calculation on around the time of Noah, starting again with eight people. And he calculated at a pretty low growth, you know, rate. To 2020, guess how many people he got to? Seven billion. It's crazy. So just in case, because some people need to hear that Noah was true. They just found remnants of the ark, by the way. Oh, they don't even make me go there. That's a whole nother workshop. I just want to plant that on your heart. Because sometimes people don't go out and profess or confess Jesus because they're worried about some other things that are facts that the world doesn't believe. 
Well, if that's not true, sometimes you won't pray for someone for healing just in case they don't get healed because then God isn't real. It's not how it works. Just because it happens in a moment doesn't mean it happens in an instant. It's the moment that sparked it. And look at the church today. The gospel works, people. The power is in the gospel. Only He can change our hearts. Think back to when you were saved. I know for some of you it was quite a while ago. But I want you to think back to that. What happened? Was there a moment? Was there a continuation of series of events? Tap back into that and go out and live life with that zest again, that zeal for the Lord, for the kingdom, and for seeing others come to Jesus. If you don't know the gospel backwards and forwards, it's okay. Inside out, that's fine. Grab a passage, learn it, know it, use your life and intertwine it in it because people love stories. The whole book of the Bible, 1,600 years, 40 authors, stories. It's been passed down through us, to us, for us. I'll leave you with this last little story. A five-year-old boy was walking through a city park and happened to stumble upon a man reading a book. The little boy inquired about the book, and then he told the man quite bluntly, don't worry about that book. You better go read the Bible, because if you don't follow it, you're going to hell. (laughs) When the man questioned him, the kid pointed back to his parents and said, they'll tell you everything else you need to know. How would you like to be the parents in that story? Where do you start when your five-year-old just told a grown man that he's going to hell? Well, the year was 1940. The place was Bucharest, Romania. And it turns out that the dad was Richard Wormbrand. The same man who had wandered as an atheist, irresistibly drawn to a village, to a house where an old man gave him a Bible. And when his son told a man that he had better read the Bible, well, Richard gladly explained to the man the story of the Bible. And the man became a believer. The man's name was Constantine Ioneid. He would become one of Romania's most famous and most important poets. A Christian poet, in fact. Though an entire generation of atheist communist oppression, he praised the Lord and he brought many to the Lord through one act, one word, one little boy. God's love is for everyone. Today, love is love. Do what you want. But the message is he loves God. He who loves God repents, believes, is baptized, and he tells everyone about him. Dying to self is love, and coming to Christ is love. It's not a legalistic, it's responsive. It's a response to what he has done for us. We are far from God by His grace. He comes to us and draws us near. 
The question is, what will we do with it? Will we surrender and come to life or just keep doing it the way we've always done it and be safe? I know what I want to do. So I pray, church, that we all do it together. Amen. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to the Hills Baptist Podcast. If you'd like to partner with us in developing and equipping passionate disciples who love God, love people, and boldly share the gospel, you can do that at hillsbaptist.com forward slash giving. We pray this message has empowered you to live and love more like Jesus. Have an amazing day.